Hello, and welcome to The Shining Light, where we are shining the light of the gospel and speaking the truth in love, providing strength, and stirring the hearts of our listeners. We are so glad to have you joining us today as you listen to this message from Pastor Tim Cruz. Amen. Thank you, Justin. I'll tell you, Justin had taught himself how to play the guitar, and now he's playing the piano. Isn't that amazing? I tell you, and I commend him for that, and just making the most of what opportunities and abilities God has given him. Now playing the piano, I'm telling you, that's, that's a great job. I, that's amazing that he's able to do all these things, and I thank the Lord for this young man. Pray for him, and may the Lord help us to remember what he's done for us, may we never forget. I want us to turn in our Bibles back to Colossians chapter 3 tonight. Colossians chapter 3. I talked to you this morning about this matter of relationships. Relationships. The most important relationship is the Lord. If that is a right relationship, then out of that comes every other relationship. And it's health, it's strength. And so God wants to seek those things which are above, verse 1, verse 2, set our affection on things above. Uh, our life, we're, we're, we're dead, the old life, we're dead to that is the fault. Uh, that's not the life that dominates now. We have the indwelling Holy Spirit. We are hid with Christ in God, and Christ is now our life. Christ in us, the hope of glory, living in us and through us in the person of the Holy Spirit. With that in mind, there's some things we're to put to death, some things that we're to shun, we're to put off, the Bible says, and then things that we're to put on. And so make sure you've underlined those expressions there, the word mortify in verse 5, put off in verse 8. And uh, the Bible says, put off again in verse 9, put on in verse 10, put on in verse 12. So think about it. I mentioned to you about those tennis shoes. I realized after a while I'd obviously become so comfortable in those old shoes, but then the time came to where they were just uh, so flawed that if I wasn't careful, I was going to get tripped up in them. And sometimes that's the old life for us, old habits. We become very comfortable, very, very accustomed, but then the time comes, it's like, hey, if I'm not careful, I'm going to get tripped up here. I, I need to move beyond this. I need to take this off and, and put something on in its place that is honoring to the Lord, that is, is right and proper, that would steady my steps. And so, as you think about this, think about this right relationship, this right relationship with God and it's a heart and mind and spirit that is renewed. In verse 12, he talks about that uh, we're to put on the bowels of mercies, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering. Anytime the Word of God here use, uses the word bowels, that has the thought of the innermost being to the very depths of who we are. It's not a shallowness. It's not a surface is not something that is just a form, but there's a depth, there's a reality, and it comes from deep within our sincere hearts and minds. Mercy and kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness and long-suffering. I mentioned to you about how God spoke to me recently. Uh, Lord, what am I to do here? Humble yourself. Humble yourself. Today, 
the world is taught to harden yourself. I mean, just look out for yourself and, and uh, don't let anyone say or do anything that you don't want or like as far as just uh, positioning yourself in life to strive against others, to overpower them, to win against them. And, and the Christian life is not that. The Christian life is one of humbling ourselves before the Lord. Meekness is not weakness, it is strength under control. Long-suffering, suffering long, bearing with others. Uh, there are times when even with Jeremiah we say, truly this is a grief and I must bear it. Bearing things in faith, believing that God knows who you are, where you are, and what you're suffering long with. Forbearing one another and forgiving one another. There it is in verse 13. Forbearing, just, just bearing with. Uh, enduring, endearing one another, uh, not hardening yourself, resisting that in your own spirit. See, out of your relationship with God, you do this because of the fear of God. Everything else comes out of that. Everything flows forth from that. And so why would you do this? It's because you fear God. You've got to meet God. You know that God's word is true. You know that if you knowingly violate what God has said, that there's going to be a negative consequence in your life. And it's like, I don't want to sin against the Lord. I don't want to dishonor God. I, I don't want to make a mess of things. I mean, some things I don't prefer right now, some things I don't really desire. But I know this, if I leave God out of it, if I harden my heart, it'll go from bad to worse. Don't ever say to yourself, well, it can't get any worse than this. There are realms of sorrow and suffering and pain that exist that you don't even know exist. You've never experienced them. You've never been there. And it can always be much, much worse. And it will become that if we harden ourselves and leave God out. So he says, forbearing one another, forgiving one another, keeping short accounts with God and each other, not letting those things mount up. If any man have a quarrel against any, if there's any kind of disagreement, if there's any kind of beef or grief, there's something that has brought division between you and someone else. If any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. Underline that. This spirit of forbearance and forgiveness. I wonder, how are we doing there? How are you faring in that regard? Sometimes we expect others to do that for us, but we're not willing to do that for them. We want it coming our way, but it's always a two-way street in relationships. Do unto others as you would have them to do unto you. Don't say, well, no, you do this unto me, and then I'll do it unto you. That's not the way it works. That's not the proper order. And so we need to honor the Lord by honoring the order he's established. And if you have a quarrel with someone, if you have some kind of disagreement or some kind of uh, beef with someone, then forgive them. The word forgive here has the thought of be willing to let it go, give it to God, and move on. Don't carry it any longer. And above all, these things put on charity, which is the bond of perfectness. And there it is, above all, the thing that kind of keeps it all together, that holds it in place, is this agape love of God, a loyal, devoted, committed, sacrificial love. 
That's the bond. That's the glue of maturity. That's what keeps things in place. That's what keeps a marriage in place. That's what keeps a family in place. That what, that's what keeps a, a church family in place is this love that we have for God and for one another. That's the bond of perfectness or completeness, maturity in Christ. Let the peace of God, underline the word let. Let, it's a choice, it's a decision, it's a yielding to God. Let the peace of God rule in your hearts. The word rule here has the thought of to referee, to call the shots. There are times when you truly are troubled by God and you don't have peace about something. You can't necessarily put a finger on it. You can't say, here's why, but there's a reason. You don't have peace. There's a reason that your heart is troubled, and sometimes that's the way God leads. He leads by giving true peace. Sometimes he leads by taking peace. There, I just don't have peace about this. And it's not just a kind of cover for me saying, really, I just don't want to do it. But no, there's a genuine, I, I truly have prayed and sought the Lord, and I don't have peace about this. I don't have clarity. I don't have uh, direction. I don't have liberty from the Lord. So he says here, let the peace of God rule in your hearts. Referee, call the shots to the which also you're called in one body, and be ye thankful. Again and again, if you see the right spirit of grace residing in the heart of a believing, yielding, obeying child of God, you'll find a heart, mind, and spirit of gratitude. It's always a part of the equation. One way to keep yourself humbled and resist hardness is looking at the goodness of God. You can dwell on the badness of people or the goodness of God. When you look at the goodness of God, as bad as people can be, as bad as the circumstances of life can be, the goodness of God is greater. And that helps us bear things, bear up under things, helps us endure things, helps, helps us sometimes even survive things in life. And so be ye thankful. Here the word let is again, underline that, let. It's a choice. It's something you must decide to do. Yield to the Lord. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom. The word dwell here has the thought of to be at home with, be in harmony with. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom. Welcome the word of God. Open your heart to truth and light, just like this being here tonight. Say, for these moments, I'm going to listen to the word of God as it's taught and proclaimed, and I'm going to let God's word teach me. I'm going to let God's word direct me, instruct me, correct me if need be. Whatever I need, that's the power of the word of God. And I'm going to yield to that. I'm going to be open and receptive to that. See the value and the wisdom of that, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. The song service is always a part of our church service. Why? Because this is the way that we not only praise God, but we learn the truth of God's Word through psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, songs that originate from a heart that has been redeemed, that has been transformed, 
truly converted, changed, turned away from self and sin to God. This is the kind of heart that God smiles upon. And that's the kind of heart that smiles back at God. Thank you, Lord. I sing your praise. I honor your name. That's the grace of God in our hearts. I want to tell you, a true child of God has a song. Whether we can sing or not, we have a song. We have a song of praise and thanksgiving even unto our God. And so he says, And whatsoever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by Him. There it is, this attitude of gratitude again. Doing it as unto the Lord in His name for His honor and His glory. See, this is the right heart, the right spirit, the right mind. Everything else, every other relationship is touched by this. It comes out of our heart with God. It spills over into our heart for each other. The Bible talks about keeping our heart with all diligence. Proverbs chapter 4. Why? For out of it are the issues of life. We've got to be diligent We've got to be direct in yielding ourselves to God and just saying, Lord, I want you to be honored and pleased with my life. Whatsoever, underline that, whatsoever ye do, whatsoever, in word or in deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus. The way we talk, the way we act, the way we live our lives should be governed by God. What is pleasing to the Lord? Is it appropriate? Is it right? Is it edifying? Is it the right words, the right way, the right spirit, the right time? Do we ever ask for things like that? Or do we just uh, speak without thinking, say things without considering? Uh, Really, God is saying be more considerate of one another. In word and in deed... Do it as unto the Lord. He's listening. Do it with a spirit of gratitude. And so he says, now think about it. Out of this spirit, out of this heart, out of this mind comes the right relationships in our own relationships in our lives. He says here, in our marriage, in our home, in verse 18, wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as it is fit in the Lord. The word submit has a, thought, has a thought of acknowledging the authority that God has entrusted to the man as the head of the home, meaning that he's accountable to God, he's responsible to God for what happens in that family. It's not just a, hey, I'm the boss type thing. No, it's a position of accountability and responsibility before God. And so a wife who is wise understands that God has an order in the home as it is fit in the Lord, as it is fitting, as it is appropriate, as you understand the wisdom of God's design. 1 Peter chapter 3 talks about how the wife is to submit to the husband, likewise as Christ submitted to the Father. Christ is not inferior to the Father. He's not less than. He's as much God, God the Son, as God the Father is. But there was a role, there was a job. There was a purpose, a plan to be performed by the Godhead. And Jesus recognized his role in the function of redemption. And when you think about that, he gladly submitted to the will of the Father. 
because there was a greater good, a greater gain to be had. And in society today, it's like we want to take away distinctions between men and women altogether, much less roles and responsibilities in the home because we don't see the value nor the wisdom of it. We think it's all repressive. We think it's all going backwards long, long ago, and they don't see how it is actually going forward, not only for the glory of God, but for the good of each other and your loved ones. God doesn't want you to be in a perpetual tug of war. Just a perpetual tension and friction. Well, who's going to lead the way? Which direction are we going to go? Well, let's just be honest. That's where a lot of homes are. Well, let's go. No, we're not going that way. Let's go this way. No. And you know the ones who lose a lot of times? In the midst of all of that, it's the children. We don't see the value and the wisdom of it. And I say this very kindly and very respectfully. Men, there are a lot of ladies who would love to have you just simply be and do what God has commanded you to be and do. There's a lot of ladies who would love for their husband to lead. They would. You can't follow someone who's not leading. And there's a lot of men who are sitting on the sidelines saying, well, I don't know. I mean, you just do what you want. Or... And there's a lot of ladies who would love to have someone step up and say, well, I've been praying, seeking the Lord, and here's what I'm thinking, here's what I feel like God would have us to do. They'd love that. The thought in Ephesians chapter 5 is even uh, as someone is leading forth and someone else then has the opportunity to follow. There's a lot of ladies that wish us men would just simply step up and do what God has given us to do to lead. But then I say the opposite of that is true. There are times when men try to lead and there are those who don't see the value of that, not realizing there are those who wish someone would lead, and they've got someone who's trying to lead, but they don't want them to lead. I'm telling you, you're just simply missing the wisdom of God. You're missing the potential of peace and joy and blessing and fruitfulness out of your relationship. You're bypassing it altogether. You've got to see the wisdom of God here. This is what he's saying in verse number 16. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all what? Wisdom. There it is. This is the wisdom of God. God has an order because there is a particular function that God wants us to fulfill, but to be able to thrive in doing so, being blessed in that, but then seeing the job, as it were, of Children being blessed and not burdened. Malachi chapter 2, he said, God could have created the home any other way because he had the residue of the Spirit. If you'll study that, that literally means he had the power and the authority to create the home any other way. But in his infinite wisdom as God, he chose one man and one woman in distinct design to come together in one union that from that union, there would be children who would be given to God and taught His way. 
that he might seek a godly seed. Children that simply have a heart for God. See, that's God's infinite wisdom. And if we're not careful, we'll make it about the moment instead of the future. What we want now instead of what God wants now and in time to come. We'll make it about ourselves and, and not about those who are coming after us. And oh, how quickly we get here. It's the older days. The years to where our child raising time has come and gone. I'm telling you, it comes fast. So it says, now, as it is fit in the Lord... This is God's design. Husbands, love your wives. This is the word agape, loyal, devoted, sacrificial uh, love. And be not bitter against them. Don't harbor resentment. Make sure your heart and your spirit is right. Notice the word against here. Be not bitter against them. If we're not careful... We'll let ourselves, our own flesh, and the adversary himself, if, if we're not careful, pit us against each other. Instead of working for each other, we're working against each other. Be not bitter against them. You know, there should be a, a spirit that I'm for you. I'm for you. I'm not against you. Let me ask you tonight. Could you look at each other as husband and wife and say, I'm for you? I am for you. I'm going to work for you and with you in that regard. I'm for you. That's what God said to his people. He said, I am for you. And if God be for us, who can be against us, right? I mean, think about how many people are against us or against the home. Do you realize that it's an all-out open attack on the home, on the, God's design between men and women, God's design for marriage, God's design for parenting, there are those who truly believe that children are wards of the state. They can keep from parents children who uh, decide for themselves that they want to transition, use different pronouns. There are teachers that they're learning now that will tell the children, I'll call you your preferred pronoun in class and everywhere else, but when we're around your parents, I will call you the pronoun they expect because we don't want them to know. Now, I'm, I'm telling you, our children are not the wards of the state. When politicians say parents should have no say in the education of their children or the curriculum that is taught them, they are totally off base and should be rejected. Amen. They should be pushed back against and say, our children belong to us and belong to God, and it's our responsibility to raise them in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord. They don't belong to anyone else. As I told the parents the other night, in both orientation nights, it is our privilege to come alongside of you and help you to do what God has given you to do in raising your children for the Lord, to put the truth in their hearts and their minds. That's our role, to help you. It is your responsibility as parents to raise these children, to teach them to know what they're being taught, know who is influencing their lives. It's amazing here. Are we for each other? Are we working together? See, there again, it comes back to forgiving one another. Go back to verse 13, forbearing and forgiving one another. If you don't forgive and do it consistently and repeatedly, you'll become hard and harsh. 
And that's what he's saying right here. Don't let hardness set in. The disagreements, the disappointments, the divisions of life. I'm telling you, if you give in to that over time, you'll not only suffer great loss for that, but then what's the next step? It says, children, obey your parents in all things. A healthy relationship with God, with each other, it starts in the home. Whatever's going on in the home is reflected in the church. Whether it's known or unknown by man, it is known by God. And if we're defeated in the home, that's why we don't sing or serve sometimes in the church. That's why we become somewhat cynical in life and in service to God and about others because we're cynical about our own lives. We're unfulfilled. We're ungrateful there. We have to be very careful about that. And so, no wonder, he says, forbearing one another, forgiving one another. Uh, remember that Christ has forgiven you. Keep short accounts with God. Keep short accounts with each other as you find this building up or mounting up within your heart. There comes a time when you're going to have to humble yourself before the Lord and each other. He says, children, obey your parents in all things, verse 20, for this is well-pleasing unto the Lord. Do it as unto God. Honor your parents. Obey your parents. Is the first commandment with what? Promise. God says, I promise you, you'll live long on the earth if you'll honor and obey your parents. The time comes when you're on your own. You're not obligated, as it were, to obey them in the sense of, I'll tell you to go here and don't go there and do this and don't do that. Ultimately, you are on your own. You have to make your decisions, and hopefully they've tried to give you parameters and principles and the context to make wise decisions. But you never outgrow the time when you're to honor your parents. You're never to get to the point it's like, oh, that was then, this is now, yeah. I don't really need you right now. Hey, don't ever have that kind of spirit or give in to it because the day's going to come when you're not only going to need the Lord, but you're going to need your family. Amen. That day's coming. And you're going to face some things in life. You're going to say, thank God I have someone that I can lean on, someone I can call, I can talk to, someone that I know is praying for me and, and is there for me to help me during this time in my life. This is well-pleasing to the Lord. Be honorable. Be respectful. Pitch in. Help out. I've told you at times when I was just a young boy, I'd go home and dad would be at work and mom was struggling with postpartum depression. I didn't know that's what it was at the time, but it was not like her not to be out of bed and, uh, and it was not like her not to have a pristine house. And so when she was depressed and discouraged and, and couldn't hardly function, there were needs around the house. And I thought, hey, this just needs to be done. She never said, will you help me? And I'm like, I don't want to help you. I've been in school all day. Could you take out? Why do I have to do that? You've been home all day. I'm tired. It's time for me to sit down and rest. Isn't it amazing how that's the way young people treat hardworking parents today? Parents who brought them into this world, parents who sacrificed for them, parents who do everything for them. It's like, would you help? I know of parents, they just beg some, beg you, I beg you, would you help me? Uh, Lord, have mercy on us. Rather than being begged, you shouldn't even have to be asked. 
If it's something needs to be done, just do it. Isn't that right? Hey, that kind of character will spill over into every other area of your life. You go to work, and the boss says, well, hey, didn't you see this need to be done? Well, yeah, I saw it need to be done, but nobody told me to do it, so I didn't. You're not going to go very far. Isn't that right? Uh, well, I mean, could you help out? Well, uh, I could, but you know, that was not my job. And since I was finished and had a little time over here, I thought I'd just take a little break, you know. Well, why don't you help out over here? This needed to be done. But it wasn't my job. You won't go very far with that kind of attitude in life. You just won't. People who go far see a need and they do something about it. They step up, they help out, they pitch in, they do everything they can do to be there. You know why? Because they're honorable, hardworking, dependable, respectable, grateful people. Well, I love my parents. I'm thankful for what they do for me. It's nothing for me to pitch in and help out. Hey, I thank God for my job. I thank God for my boss. If something needs to be done, if I can help, I'm glad to do it. See, I'm glad to do it. It's not that, why do I have to do that? Friend, I want to tell you, you'll not get very far in life if you don't learn to see a need and take the lead and step up and be willing to do your part to help out. Children, obey your parents in all things, for this is well-pleasing unto the Lord, not only Obey them, but honor them. Fathers, provoke not your children to anger, lest they be discouraged. Us dads, if we're not careful, can, can create angst and resentment in our children. And sometimes it may not be meant, but whether it's meant or not, we need to recognize that. Because rather than challenging them, inspiring them, encouraging them, correcting them, we discourage them. If we're not careful, we'll destroy them and their spirit. I can never do anything right. I can never get it right. It's never enough. No matter how hard I try, I can never please my dad. I hope you won't come across that way. You're not wise if you do. Mom, the same is true for you. Recognize the efforts of your children. Recognize what they do for you and how they do try to help here or there. Don't always just say, oh, leave it alone. Uh, you can't do it right or do it the way I told you. I'll get it done. Be careful having that kind of condescending spirit. What you do is you provoke angst and resentment. And you produce weakness in your children. You say, no, I'm just trying to, trying to make them strong. You're not trying to make them strong when you're vexing them to death. You're weakening them. Because it's a spirit of strength they need. It's not just physical endurance, but it's a spirit, it's a mindset. There's a mental fitness that they have that they know how to rise to the occasion and pitch in and help out or take the lead. They're not always just dismissed or belittled or dismantled. They're not torn apart. They're built up. They're encouraged. And just in summary... He's talking about servants obeying your master in all things. This applies to our, our work relationships. You've got a boss in the workplace. 1 Timothy chapter 6 says, If you knowingly disregard the instruction of your lead, your boss, your authority, you're blaspheming the word of God. You're working against the order that God's established. Don't do it just as an outward show. 
eye service, men pleasers. In verse 22, but in singleness of heart, fearing God, do it as unto the Lord. God keeps a record. And whatsoever you do, there it is again. Whatsoever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not unto men, knowing that of the Lord you shall receive the reward of the inheritance, for you serve the Lord Christ. Others may not recognize, others may not know, but God knows. God has a record. And God will reward you. You say, well, other people aren't working as hard as me. Keep working hard. God sees it. And God will bless you in it. Well, other people don't pitch in. Are they, and, and then why should I pitch in? You pitch in because that's who you are. You're honorable. You're hardworking. You're trustworthy. You're dependable. God will bless you for that. That's what he's saying here. But he that doeth wrong shall receive for the wrong which he hath done. And there is no respect of persons. God is saying, do right and I'll reward you. Do wrong and the consequence of that will follow. It's as simple as that. No matter who you are, no matter what opportunities, advantages, or disadvantages you have, don't say, well, because of my background or because of my workplace environment or because of... It's not your situations out here that determine who you are in here. It's who you are in here that determines how you interact and respond to what's out here. You see? Well, what's right to do? Well, here's what's right. So I'm going to do what's right in this context. And you know what? There's a God in heaven who will take note of that. He will reward you for that. I've said for the longest time through the years, God knows my name. He knows my address. If he wants to bless me, he can. He knows where to find me, right? I just trust God with that. I keep on serving. And let's just be honest, sometimes it's not easy, right? The world, the flesh, and the devil always push back. There's always some kind of power, as it were, trying to frustrate the work of the Lord, your service for God. Temptation is real. Trials are real. Weariness, fatigue is real. Discouragement is real. We all face that. But we've got to gather ourselves. You see, you've got to get your bearings. Let the Word of Christ dwell in you richly. This is how you get your bearings. You go to God's Word and say, Lord, teach me. Lord, gather, help gather my thoughts. They're running so many different ways right now. The sentiments of my heart, the, the directions that I could choose to go right here. Lord, help me to center those on who you are and what you say. And whatever you say, Lord, in your word is what I'm going to do by your help. I promise if you'll purpose to do that, there's a God in heaven who will not only lead you and show you, but he will bless you. Isn't that what he said? For you serve the Lord Christ. He's got a record of that. It's pleasing to him. He will honor those who honor him. If we choose not to, then we'll miss it. We'll suffer the reward or the consequence, the loss of our choice to leave God out. But may the Lord help us to see the wisdom of looking to Him and making Him the very center of who we are and everything we do. When we're right with God within, that will manifest itself in our relationships with each other without. And may the Lord help us, because I'd say we all have need of the Lord and we recognize it in our own heart in our marriages, in our homes. As goes the home, so goes the church. 
And as goes the church, so goes the nation. Our nation is hurting tonight because so many of our homes are hurting. And we need to just humble ourselves before the Lord and each other. Thank you for listening to The Shining Light. We pray that this time has been a time of encouragement and blessing to you. The Shining Light is a production of Shining Light Baptist Church, located at 2541 Old Charlotte Highway in Monroe, North Carolina. If you don't have a church home, we invite you to join us. Service times and more information can be found at our website, www.shininglightmonroe.com. You can also watch our services on Facebook and YouTube and connect with us on social media. Thank you for joining us, and God bless.